Welcome to the Niche Movement Podcast. This is Kevin O'Connell with our host, Hannah Lovett. Say hi, Hannah. Hi. <laughs> it's actually pronounced Levitt. We'll just start there. Same thing like I pronounce, pronounce the Niche Movement. And I say niche. Yes. So for you fans out there, maybe you can have a little debate of whether it's niche or niche. I understand the pr- probably the correct pronunciation is niche, but uh, my friend told me when I was starting this, she's like, you're trying to help them find their niche and it just stuck. So even our producer back here, Dan, is trying to figure out if it's niche or niche, and he just said, go with it, right, Dan? Um, so again, my name is Kevin O'Connell, I'm the founder of the Niche Movement, and uh, basically a community of young professionals trying to help others find the work they love. And I started this podcast back in the summer of 2015, and I did about five or six episodes, and between work getting in the way, life getting in the way, and just kind of running out of momentum and motivation, it kind of fell to the wayside. But With uh, the team here of Dan and Hannah and myself, we're actually looking to really bring it back to life. Um, It could be anything from entrepreneurship, which is exactly what I'm going through right now. I'm a year and a half into my own venture, leaving my full-time job in October of 2014, uh, to what we do. We we are a digital storytelling agency, and we love telling stories through social media, photo, video, and and other types of strategies, All all the way to telling your stories of the ups and downs of your career, uh, the ups and downs of job searching, networking, whatever it might be. Again, it kind of comes down to, to just figuring out life. And I think we can all agree that the three of us are all at different stages of life. And you would agree, Hannah, like we don't have it figured out, but we're somehow making it work, right? Ain't that the truth? Yes. And so we're talking into this, this microphone here, but we also do have a video that we're going to be putting up on YouTube. So for those watching on YouTube, thanks for joining in. And this first episode really comes back to circling back to what I just brought up is me leaving a full-time job and talking about fear. And so these first few episodes really is going to be the influence of you, the audience, whoever picks up on this, whether it's our niche movement fans already, to whether it's somebody stumbling upon this on our website, through Twitter, through Facebook, through YouTube, the influence of you. You really can kind of share what you'd like to hear, who you'd like to hear from, the advice you'd like to hear in those kind of categories of entrepreneurship social media, branding, job searching, career advice, because that's what we love talking about. That's what I love talking about. Yeah. Um, So really, this is more of a dialogue than a podcast, because we want to hear back from you guys. Yes, exactly. And so we figured, what better way to start than coming up with a few different topics here? And we're going to start talking about fear, but really, Hannah's going to kind of take over here. And really, I'm going to try to be as candid and raw and as authentic as possible. And I think that's when we looked at all the different words that we wanted to be transparent, raw, authentic. Uh, talking to millennials and Gen Y, that's what we're trying to achieve. And so kind of, I'm going to leave it to kind of pass over to Hannah, kind of introduce herself as well as explain her role with the niche movement as well as kind of kick this interview off. Alrighty. So the reason I'm here is because I really like photo and graphic design, and that is one great way to help people tell their story. So that's why I'm here. And I wanted to work with the niche movement because that's what they love to do. So that's why I'm here, and I'm curious as to why you're here. What made you decide to do this in the first place? It seems a little bit crazy. I mean... Yeah. So this is a good kind of starting off question. I think it even catches me a little off guard because um, if you were to ask me two years ago, 10 years ago, or to when I was even a kid, um, I think the thought of doing something that's completely risky where I don't know what my future holds, I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from, to I don't know the next person or organization I get to work with or help. Um, That unknown part always grappled with me and it still does. And so I think I'm here because one, I love meeting people. I love helping others find their story, especially, and then telling their story. And so that could be through the social media digital side or it could be just through the discovery of, hey, this is what 
I'm put on earth is supposed to be doing. That's kind of what we're doing at the niche movement. So I think that's, that's why I'm here. And I, and I like being able to share my advice uh, to get it out there. So cool. So understandably you can have a desire to want to do something, but that whole risk reward thing, it seems a little risky to just what, quit your job and start something new. So what factors actually led you to choose that it was the right time, that this was the right movement, that this was the right decision? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned that it kind of feels like you were put on this earth to, to tell people's stories and that's really noble. Um, but how did you overcome the fear of not knowing where your money's coming from, yeah. where your money's going, all that kind of stuff. Cause yeah. that seems like real world problems. You know, I mean, first of all, I think being, having the ability to do something like this podcast and, and video cast, uh, is because it's something that I really haven't blogged about. It's something that I haven't put in the, the book that I wrote because I was experiencing all this while I was putting out content and going out on my own. But to be honest, I think there were three, there were three really main factors. And I think the first one is I worked in uh, student affairs and higher education at some great universities with some great college students, which inspired what I'm doing. And if you want to learn more about that, you can for the, anybody listening or, or watching. But what I think really propelled it was that the six years I was at Rutgers University, I had a lot of peaks and valleys of love what I did, didn't love what I did, uh, you know, had a great supervisor, didn't have a great supervisor. There were times, there was just a lot of ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started growing to a point where I was there for about six years. Uh, I was a marketing and media director for the recreation department. And I created this amazing team that and these students have gone on to do some amazing things, but the concepts and the mentality of what we were trying to do and break through and create this community at Rutgers University just, uh, I don't think it was really appreciated, the, the, the content and, and the way we were doing it, I don't think really was understood at that time in 2012, 13, 14. Um, and so that was one factor is that I started just having this angst of like, uh, I can do bigger and better things. I started job searching, to be honest. Um, the second part is your personal life. And I think we can all relate to that, whether it's, it's your family, you know, mom, dad, brother, sisters, your, your partner, um, whatever it might be. Uh, my wife had an opportunity to take a brand new job, leave higher education, and we were supposed to move to Boston. And for a year and a half, we had our house on the market. And that was one of the most stressful times in our lives because uh, trying to sell a house that we've only owned for a few years, trying to get out without you know taking a hit and, and doing all these things, we just didn't know what we were doing. We were very young and immature, just didn't know how to sell a house. Mm-hmm. And um, so that grew on us. And I think the third thing is I also had success. And so this wasn't all negative, but I had success of teaching myself photo and video, uh, having some wins at, at the job I was in, presenting at conferences, being asked for advice, uh, picking up some freelance video photo gigs and just realizing that I had something. And um, I really think the catalyst was that like last two months of my job, it was actually so painful and so tough that like there were things that I would print or put on the wall or look at my phone that kind of fueled me to just blog every day, put myself out there every day. And with the support of my wife and timing and, and really the courage to just be like, do it. And I had not only my wife, but my parents, I talked to them about it, talked to some of my best friends and they were like, whatever you do, you got this. And, um, I went into my boss's office one day. This was actually 10 days before we actually sold our house. And I went into my boss's office and I said, I'm giving my two weeks. I'm going to go out on my own 
And uh, those, those actually two weeks we were still in, two to three weeks we were still in New Jersey, I landed my first client in New York City. Very small three-month engagement. Um, but like somehow the world just worked out. It wasn't a big thing, but it gave me just that much more, that those next couple months and weeks of runway to just get down to DC and keep doing my thing. Cool. So a lot of factors. Yeah, so it sounds like not only was life and luck a factor, but it was just the decision to do it. So at some point you just kind of had to it's the, it's the band-aid mentality. My yeah, friend Amanda off. went through this um, as well. She 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 left her job in May of that year, and she was like one of the first ones I texted the night before, and she's like, you just got to rip the band-aid off. Yeah. And it's that whole parachute, like take the leap of faith, and hopefully your parachute parachute is big enough yes. that like it'll kind of slow you down before you hit the ground. Yeah. Well, so once you did decide to take the leap, as you say, um, how did you know that it was working out? I mean, yeah. do you still yeah. feel kind of like a little bit, it's still a risk yeah. kind of, or? Yeah. I mean, so it's a year and a half in and, and for those of you who don't, don't understand, like, so Hannah has only been with us for about a month and a half, uh, five weeks and she's a student at American university. So I've had interns, I've had contractors, part-time staff, but I still have that fear. I have that fear of, um, Going back to, you know, where's the next paycheck coming from? Where's the next project? You know, am I, am I doing enough to put myself out there to get new business, to brand myself, you know, to putting out content like this? Um, so there's fear every day, but there's been a lot of wins uh, that sometimes don't hit me until I'm in the moment. Yeah. Um, and I think one of those was doing a project for George Washington University for their social entrepreneurship initiative, Lemonade Day DC. And I was so, we're three months in the grind of help, you know, working with them capturing their story, doing a documentary that it wasn't until like three weeks after their event that we actually aired this documentary in front of um, about 50 constituents across DC in Georgetown that like I sat back and was like, that's, I can put a stamp on that piece of work. And I did that on my, on my own, with my own team, with my own resources and my own budget. Um, and so that was those little wins like that. I really think have to, you know, to appreciate. So so that's probably like what keeps you going. I know that one of our future episodes is going to be on motivation specifically, yeah. but, yeah. um, so when you've decided to put yourself out there, what kind of validates it? And I guess it's, it's little projects like that, that you don't realize yeah. until it's finished because you kind of get to step back and say it's done. Yeah. It's, it's easier to kind of look back in the past than it is to look ahead in the future. Cause you don't know what's coming, but it, it's the stuff that everything I've done in the past has seemed to make sense, the good and the bad and the indifferent. So, yeah. Yeah. So the future, definitely. That's something for me that I always find a little bit scary. That's something that creates a lot of fear for me is the <laughs> unknown. So how do you deal with just not knowing like on a day-to-day -day basis, whether you could get the next big project mm -hmm. or it could fall through the cracks yeah. kind of thing? Like, yeah. I mean, I know we, <laughs> we encountered someone at Starbucks and it was just like a happenstance. Yeah, right. They wanted to connect. So how do you know, like what, what's going to work out, yeah. what isn't. So I think to answer that, Hannah, I, I think let's take a step back, right? Cause you and I, Hannah and I have talked about this where I think you said like your mother ran her own business while, you know, um, you know, kind of raising you and you always admire people like that, but you're also oh, yeah. like, I don't know if I could do that. Um, but I also would like to go back to the, to, and this is probably a lot of, a lot of people hopefully listening that it, it, it may not even just be entrepreneurship. It may just be, 
I'm in a job or I'm in college and I don't know what May looks like. I don't know what a year from, you know, I took a new job. I don't know what two, year, two years look like. Because everybody asks, like, what's your five-year plan, 10-year yeah. plan? I, I never have yeah, that and, personally. And you know what? I think that's sometimes the best advice. One of the people I interviewed for the book, he said, Epa said, um, having a five-year plan is sometimes the worst thing because you don't realize the doors that are in front of you or the roads that you're going to go down. Because you're focusing on one. And, and I would totally agree with this. Uh, I wouldn't be here doing the work I'm doing now. But So I think from a non-entrepreneurship side or, or how you can kind of put these two things together is um, unknown is, is something that happens to everybody. Uh, it happens in our personal relationships. It happens in our professional relationships and our jobs and our careers. So I think one is just, again, why we started this podcast is just you have to be okay with it. Uh, we're all figuring out the unknown, the question mark. Um, but it, what I, I think the two or three things I think it comes down to is the world of us being able to put ourselves out there with a microphone, a device, a video camera, a, a Snapchat account. I just think, you know, you said you're into photo and video and, and graphic design. I mean, that's one of the reasons we stumbled upon you that you've put yourself out there and you've packaged yourself in a very, I don't want to say convincing way, but you stood out from other people. Same thing Dan is doing at 17, 18 years old. It's just too easy to do that. And I think some people get afraid to put themselves out there, whether it's website, podcast, Instagram, in person. Um, so I think with the unknown, I think you just have to try to push your comfort zone a little bit and just chip away at like putting yourself out there physically, digitally, whatever it might be. That's a good point. Um, I know fear holds a lot of people back, and if you are held back, you can't experience all the yeah. wonders that yeah. business and entrepreneurship have to offer. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and and jobs too. Uh, some of the job opportunities I've had have come from a random conversation or asking a question or meeting somebody. So, yeah. and I think that the word job kind of almost has a negative yeah. connotation now because people think it's something you have to do nine to five. Mm -hmm. You have to hate it. You have mm -hmm. to be miserable. When that's really not the case. And you have to have, if you have, to have, you have to have one of them. Exactly. So um, that's yeah, something you're trying to yeah. just like get away from is yeah. that that's not what a job is. No, no. And, and I think what a career is. Yeah. that is typical to be fearful of, to be like, oh my God, can I imagine myself making a living off of two, three, four jobs or two jobs and a side hustle, two jobs and a part-time. Like, um, so that's a whole nother fear in itself. That's a whole nother topic as you alluded to. So add that to the notes. <laughs> All right. So I think we've touched on most of the things that, mm. I mean, fear and starting your own business. Um, of course, we're always open to people asking their own questions because yeah. I'm sure we have not covered everything that everyone wants to know. Um, but in terms of what we have here on the docket, um, what's the best advice you got when you were searching for that kind of validation when you were going out there from either your parents or your wife or your mm. friends? Sure. What was that one thing that yeah. you're like... Oh, that really yeah. gives me the confidence to do this. Yeah. Um, and there may not be one. No, I mean, I think that the two, obviously, are, I think, you know, you look at your, your life of relationships and circles, you know, you're the closest people. And again, that could be based on relationships, your parents, brothers, sisters, uh, partner, coworkers, et cetera. But uh, I remember going on vacation with my parents and my wife and, and I kind of said this crazy idea like, hey, I'm going to do a Kickstarter, try to raise enough money to get a runway of three months to write a book uh, and then look to, you know, leave my job in the fall. And both my parents just said, wow, that's, that's really cool. What are you going to, what are you working on? What are you doing? Um, like, no, you know, obviously there was a couple what ifs, but they knew that between my wife and I, we had our head on our shoulders. Um, but I think the second thing, and, and we, we talked about this and so for people that are maybe just stumbling upon on the niche movement and myself, 
I do a lot of different things. I have probably about four to five, six different revenue streams. But the biggest piece of advice my wife kept telling me, Courtney said, I, I just thought I had to put my eggs in the basket of the niche room. And she said, Kev, you have something with the social media, digital storytelling side that people need value and will probably pay you for. And she's like, you just need one client, one project that keep taking you to the next step. And that's been my recipe of success. Uh, I'm trying to budget every two to three months. And she was the one who said, if you, if you leave and we need to sell this house, we will figure it out if you do this. Like, and to this day, we had this conversation this weekend. Um, so she's one of my big advocates, but um, that piece of advice is just chip away at like one thing at a time. Um, and, and like I said, in the beginning, the world will work itself out. So well, yeah. I'm also a believer in that. So serendipity. Yeah. And you're going to hear a lot of, a lot of that through, through this podcast. And I would actually, I would really challenge you. I know there's going to be people out there that know me, know the niche women, are followers. There's people that may or stumbling upon this and I really hope they are. If you have that story of like serendipity or that luck or that you, you, you pulled on yourself and put yourself out there and the world helped you, I, I really, I think we both, we'd all love to hear that story or for you to tweet us, get in touch with us. We'd love to interview you. But that's, these are the things that I think we pride ourselves on is the more you put yourself out there and struggle, the more the world will work itself out if you're good at what you're doing. So. Yeah, so it truly is like a risk and reward kind of yeah. thing. You have to risk it. But you got to put the work reward. in. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, this has been very informative. Cool. <laughs> uh, so I think the question we would like to, again, you know, as, as we talk about this, we, we're trying to come up with themes. And again, this isn't perfectly polished. I'll admit that. We're in, the, we're in WeWork here in DC and Crystal City in uh, the brand, one of the brand new offices, common spaces here. And the, the audio may not be that, that good. So thank you for listening. But really, we're trying to come up with a cadence and a theme here. But I think the one thing that I would like to leave with and to hear from you is what is, because I think we always need to look at the positive and we need to look at things we can improve on. What is a win that you've had in the last seven to 10 days? That could be in your full-time job. That could be in your personal life. Uh, some goals you're trying to hit. What is a win? It could be small or big. And what is something that you um, are struggling with or something that you're in, looking to improve on that you would uh, want to put out there to us? Because we have a community of 20 editors strong, thousands of Twitter followers. Um, and I think between Dan, Hannah, and I and, and our niche movement community, we want to help you. And so if you're brave enough to put yourself out there, uh, like we were talking, I, I think the, the community will come to your, to your call. So share with us a win and also a struggle or something you're battling. Thanks and tune in for episode two, which is going to be all about motivation.